Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, really excited to be releasing this conversation that I recently had with uh, Christine Tao, the co-founder and CEO of Sounding Board. Sounding Board is a company based out of San Francisco that's providing uh, coaching services and technology to managers and organizations uh, and just just really incredible growth that I've seen since I've known them and it's, it's exciting. I always enjoy my conversations with Christine. She's super insightful and thoughtful. Uh, and in this talk, we talk a little bit about Sounding Board and what they're up to, but we quickly jump into uh, really a CEO's perspective, you know, running an organization, everything going on, what's, what's, what's she seeing there. Uh, we move into this idea of community and now more than ever how people are needing and craving community. What's most important for leadership right now? Uh, we talk about HR tools and what, what are tools that are needed uh, to support our organizations, our leaders. And then towards the end, we talk a little bit about alternative organizational structures, which is something that I always get jazzed about and I love to talk about. So um, I will say that in this, um, the audio on my end was not as great, but the audio on Christine's end is really good. So I apologize. The audio is not so good, but really listen for Christine because she has all the, the, the greatness to share and I wanted to make sure to get it out uh, regardless. So I hope you enjoy, as always, enjoy your feedback. Let me know what you thought uh, and if you have ideas for future sorts of podcasts. Um, and yeah, please enjoy. Thanks a lot. Hey, Christine, how are you doing? Hi, Craig. I'm good. How are you? I am well. Uh, thank you again for taking the time to just spend time with me. As always, you know, over the years, we've had great conversations. So I'm really excited just to have you, to have a conversation. Um, you know, I think most of my work these days and what I'm trying to record is just conversations with, with interesting people that are doing great things and, and about what, what we're dealing with and what we're seeing. And um, yeah, and it was just appreciative that you're willing to join me. And I guess the first question and ask the, the strange question right now, which is how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think it's so funny how what used to be this very simple question now feels like a very complex question to answer because, you know, the standard response before used to be like, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Right. And I think that is just not the case anymore, you know, and, you know, I, I was saying, I was thinking about this recently Ed, that I, I really wanted to pen a post about the cry laugh, which for me has been sort of the defining emotion of the last few weeks. And it's really about just like some days feeling that, you know, there's a lot of things that are super challenging and you just kind of want to cry about it. And then there's the other side, which has been, you know, there are some really amazing connections and events and even rekindled friendships, you know, that I've gotten during this time that have really brought a lot of joy to my life in a way that I don't think would have happened before. So, yeah, I think that that's probably about sums it up for me. It's, it's the cry laugh. <laughs> I love, well, I love the cry laugh. When you said it, we were talking before and you mentioned that. I was like, it's so, it's so great. Number one, because you come up with great ideas, but number two, I think it summarizes so well what I've been talking about of like this challenge, I think for humans to hold space for contradicting ideas. And I think right now it's just so full of it, right? They're, I think most people I speak with, a lot of people reference, myself included, like the gifts and what's going on, but there's also all these challenges and like the, the loss of our space, our time, family, whatever we're losing. And they're both up fully. So when you say the cry laugh, it's kind of like we're living in the, we're living in the cry laugh. <laughs> yeah. And I think on top of that, it's just the intensity of both those sides, right? Yeah. If normally you might experience those in like a small wave, 
right now it probably feels like a barbell, right? It's very heavy on both ends, right? And so the intensity of experiencing those, I think, is at a level that, you know, at least personally for me, um, I hadn't had, and, and at least not for such a prolonged amount of time. Mm-hmm. So let's say that's, that, that you've written this post and you get to the, the end. <laughs> What's the summary? Like, where do you, what, what, what are you saying to the world ultimately around the situation, the cry laugh? What should people be doing or thinking about in, those, in this space? I think it's sort of what you mentioned. You know, it's that um, one, one, one thing I like about it is that we're actually having a conversation about having emotions, you know, in the workplace, which is something that's unusual. And I think it's about, like you said, giving yourself that permission to actually feel all these emotions and to know that um, they can be challenging. They can also be uplifting, but that all of them really have, um, there's a reality to that. And that that's why you're experiencing these things so deeply. Um, you know, I'm somebody who always is kind of thinking about the next thing, thinking about the next thing. And so I actually like to try and move on from emotions as quickly as possible. And, you know, when you're always sitting at home and you actually don't have other places to go or other places to find escape, I think it's actually been a good thing for me to sit with my emotions in a way that I hadn't before. Mm-hmm. I've spoken before. That's funny you say that. I've spoken about how um, like I'm the last person you'd ever catch at like a seven day silent meditation retreat, let's say. <laughs> However, there's a deep part of me that knows that if I did it and went, there'd probably be great gifts, but you're never going to get me there. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what this was. Like I probably would have done this to myself, but like, it's kind of like funny. what you just said, but then you sit with it and then all of a sudden you get these new epiphanies and new, I, I found that myself as well. Just the situation has forced new reflections that I, I would never have otherwise. So that's right. That's right. Okay. I want to get to, I think what you just said there too, will tie into the work, you know, sounding board and working with managers and leaders probably around the emotions and supporting others. But let's pull back high level. Uh, You know, you're running a company, sounding board, you're providing coaching um, and training for organizations, a lot with managers, correct? Yeah. So at sounding board, our mission is really to develop the next generation of leaders, but to do that in a way that is highly personalized, it's scalable, and really with this approach of really integrating technology and humans to be able Mm -hmm. to do that. Because, you know, for us, we have a hypothesis that the most critical skills of the future are going to be increasingly what you call soft skills, right? Because more and more of the technical skills, your functional skills are either getting automated away or they're changing so rapidly that you have to constantly be learning new technical functional skills. Mm-hmm. So like then what happens and what remains of the most core skills that every person, regardless of whether you're the CEO or a manager will need to be effective in your job is to us what we think are the soft skills. Um, yeah. And so at sounding board, I think our mission is really to find a way to be able to develop those in a way that's scalable and really outcome oriented. Wow. And so relevant, and I can imagine even an interesting, both consistently relevant before and after this, but also going through some unique stuff now. But I want to stop before we go into that and just like, you're a CEO, you're running a company right now. (laughs) Any high level perspective, what's what's going on? What's the, I mean, I I talk to different people about different things, but it's nice to have a CEO here to say like, what's, what are you thinking about uh, as a CEO right now in an organization and just what's your experience from that perspective? 
Yeah, it's so interesting because so from a personal standpoint, I've actually lived and worked through like the two other major, say, call it financial events, right, of the last 20 years. So 2001 after the dot-com bust and then 2008, 2009, right, where we had the entire financial markets crashing. And the difference is I was not a CEO then. I was a working professional. And so at those times, they had a profound personal effect on me. Actually, the last one, I ended up getting laid off um, during that time. So I was somebody who got impacted. But being when you have to run your own company, it's really kind of opened my eyes to um, one major takeaway, which is as the CEO, it's really important that I can plan and have contingency planning and understand what are the most critical things that we have to do right now to ensure the survival of the business, right? The longevity of the business and all of that. But I have to be able to do that in a way where I can still hold a longer term vision of where this company is going, where the you know, market is going, Otherwise, I'm actually much more likely to create and follow terrible decisions in the short term um, when we are in this situation, right? Because when you have situations like this, like you so often, and Lori and I actually just, you know, Lori's my co-founder. We just talked about this, that it becomes very easy to go to a place of fear. And that's probably the worst place to make decisions from, especially as a CEO, um, but being able to navigate your way and like actually shift your mindset out of that when you're faced with all of these like, you know, um, company ending, potentially, you know, life threatening type of decisions. It's actually a real challenge. And it's become it's it's one of the things I think that's really gotten me through like the last few weeks. <laughs> wow. Cool perspective too, right? I mean, few of us really are CEOs. And like you said, as you were most of your career working professional, this the other side of it, you hear that perspective of what you're sitting with and what you have, you know, um, you said something interesting too. You said that we have to like think about the future and the plan and where we see the market going. Now, clearly you don't have a crystal ball, but I'm so intrigued as you're planning <laughs> right now, where, like from your perspective, training, development, um, you know, in the space that you, me, and most of the listeners here probably are like, where are you, where are you tacking the future a bit as you're thinking? Like what's, what are the big bets that you have on, on where you think this is heading? So I might say something that's a little bit, you know, sort of provocative and um, you know, what's the thing that you've seen every company doing right now during this crisis, you know, they're launching webinars, they're la launching training around, you know, how do you um, remotely lead your teams? How do you, you know, um, work from home effectively. You know, there's a big focus on productivity and training for these types of skills. And, you know, of course, you know, at Sounding Board, we do coaching. So we've always thought about development versus just sort of check the box training. But I think one of the big things that I think is going to shift is that people are really going to realize that training doesn't work, at least in its you know, prior form of going up there, delivering content, checking the box. Because I think times like these really tell you that what people need more than ever is actually connection. They want community 
and they want to be able to have a way to integrate their learning into their day-to-day work and to apply it to the challenges that they're facing, right? And so while it's really tempting to say, okay, well, you know, we've got a whole bunch of people transitioning to work from home now, you know, we'll, we'll enroll them in this one course or training on how to like work from home effectively. And then that'll be our solution for how we have helped our employees. I would go and say like, you're probably wasting your time if that's what you're buying, right? You actually need to be thinking about much more holistic long-term ways that you can support your employees to actually develop those skills. Um, that isn't just about checking the box. So that's kind of where I think it's headed, but you know, and I don't think it's any different than where learning has been headed overall, but I think what the current crisis is showing people is that they actually crave connection and community more than ever. And they Mm -hmm. want that as part of how they learn. I love you called that out. It's not so much as just a reaction to the current situation, more of a, it's the current situation amplifying something that's needed before and probably more needed now. And hopefully we bring that back. Like you said, this connection. And um, if you're just reacting and doing that training and which may, which may, I imagine means that you're thinking that way moving forward and how do you develop your offerings to, to, to continue to strengthen those connections and the longevity versus a, a short one and done training. That's right. That's right. Cool. So, you know, some of the things we're thinking about is, how do we facilitate peer learning? Because that's one of the things that we're hearing from a lot of our clients. You know, they want not only for their, it's not about just teaching your manager something. It's like, you know, that whole adage, like, you know, you, you give somebody a fish, you know, fishing pole, or you're going to teach them how to fish. So it's about giving them connections into other peers, um, maybe help having that facilitated in a way so that, you're forwarding the learning much faster than if they were doing that on their own. But it's really about actually teaching people how to fish or lead themselves. Mm, I love it. So let's, okay, great. High level CEO yeah. running a business. Let's, <laughs> and now we're going to pull back to kind of what we were, we were talking about a little earlier around uh, the managers, the, like get a little more direct on what you're offering, particularly in these times, um, and like the, 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 what's what's most important for leaders in this space. So, and we'd had a prior conversation. I'd love you to share that um, around this importance for leaders and, and leadership at this moment, and um, what you're thinking there. Yeah, I mean, so a couple of things. Like I said, um, at Soundboard, we always try and take a little bit more of a thoughtful approach. Probably because, you know, we're a startup ourselves. And so we always have to be a little bit more resourceful and nimble in terms of where we put our attention. Um, And so one of the first things we did, which I think you'll love, is we launched a survey, right? Mm. So instead of presuming that we knew what people needed at this time, we thought, why don't we ask them what they actually need at this time? Who did you Um, use one of the survey with? (laughs) So we did it because it was across a whole bunch of um, companies. I think we actually used SurveyMonkey. Oh, you did? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, you know, it's a very basic survey that we went, that we put out into the public just for us to be able to. Oh, I see. I see. It was, got it. Yeah. Not necessarily serving, surveying internal teams, right? Got it. Got it. Got it. A little bit different. Um, And then from there, One of the things we had learned, which we did act upon pretty quickly was, you know, you have no time. I have no time on top of that. 
we're also probably a lot more distracted than we were in the past. So your capacity for sitting through really long, you know, deep, intensive learning sessions is probably not the same as if it was, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, and so one of the things we launched was actually, um, we we're calling it sound bites. Um, so think of quick, short form, five minutes or less videos, all about relevant topics to navigating leadership, you know, through times of rapid change. Um, and those are at least the first sort of initial things that we put out to the broader HR community and to managers and leaders so that, you know, as you run into a challenge, you know, our last video was about what kind of a leadership style do you need to be an effective leader in times like this? And I actually had a great conversation with Professor Jenny Chapman. She's actually the head of the executive education program at Haas Berkeley. And she's done a ton of research around leadership styles and how you can drive leadership styles to um, push for organizational impact, right? And mm -hmm. that in that sort of correlation. And so her and I had a great conversation about that. And it's really meant to be actionable, hopefully really helpful and takeaways that people can use right away. Um, and then the last is, you know, our, our sort of bread and butter at Sounding Board is around um, delivering really high impact, data-driven, one-on-one um, -on -one leadership development through the form of a virtual coach. And so um, we'll continue to obviously deliver on that, but making sure that the capabilities and the skills that we're focused on are those that are particularly relevant for this time and now. So change management, leading through crisis, right? Remote yeah. leadership, like that. Got it. And then, you know, we're in somewhat similar space just around HR, HR technologies. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? What are you seeing around that, especially as a leader of an organization um, where other organizations should be thinking about? Are these tools more important now, less important now? Where should the focus be? What are you thinking? We actually think, I think, um, the same thing. So it's always really important to think about your executives right? Because those are your leaders that have a high level of influence. And for a lot of the executives for companies are navigating a lot right now. They might, having, they might be having to think through restructuring at the same time that they're really concerned about how they continue to grow and scale the business, right? So I think that, you know, investing at your executive level is still critical. But where I think there's actually a real opportunity and where some companies might not um, be investing right away because executive development, executive leadership has always gotten a lot of funding. People know that, that that's important, right? Where I think people need to actually really think about is at the manager level. So if you think about the fact that you don't get to be in an office anymore, right? People are um, not connected in the same way physically as they were before. And then everybody is navigating a lot of varied and stressful situations you actually have to really think about activating your frontline managers and leaders to really be able to lead their teams because you don't have that added benefit of being together, having the same type of communication channels as you did in the past. So, you know, a company starts, instead of thinking of it as a pyramid, it really now becomes more of these nodes, right? Mm -hmm. And your managers are like the center of your nodes. And if you don't give them the skills and the support that they need, to be able to share your message, right? To be able to relay priorities, 
to maybe even be able to make decisions about policies. Somebody comes to them and asks them like, hey, my back is really bothering me. Am I allowed to expense this so I can, you know, work more effectively? How do you push a lot more of those decisions down to your managers so that they can actually like respond faster because they'll be at the front line of understanding what needs are coming up way mm. more before it floats all the way back up into your leadership team. Yeah. I'm so happy you called that out because that does, I'm happy because it validates a belief that I have and a hope that I have. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've, I've for probably the last four or five years been a fan and intrigued by alternative organizational structures because I feel like they, we can unlock a lot more power inside of our organization. So I'm not, I don't promote any one. I mean, it could be holacracy. Yeah. We, we, we do team of teams, but just an alternative. But what you just said kind of hits on that. And I, what I've sensed early on with this is it's forcing a breakdown of the traditional hierarchy and structures. And That's I think right. the com- and if this goes long enough, two, three months, that companies are going to, they can't just, they can't just grin and bear it. They're going to have to force themselves into thinking about things like in the ways that you just mentioned. And it, my hope is that we move into a new, alter- new organizational structures that kind of, getting rid of, of, of the old and with a, a more modern, I think, uh, structure that unlocks more potential in, in, in the humans in the organization, which leads me to my last question for you. And that is the dust settles. <laughs> they, you, you get the, 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 you know, it's time go back into the world. You walk out your front door. It's a brand new world. What's the big one thing you hope is different and has changed uh, when this is all over? Well, that one, I am not going to talk about my company at all. And it's actually something I'm deeply passionate about. And I think that is what I hope we are left with is this sort of humanity and people really being able to bring their whole self into their work and to also have that be normalized and actually really, truly encouraged by companies. I think the thing that you're seeing here is, you know, when you have to talk to your boss at home and you can see inside their closet or their, you know, bedroom, wherever it is, is you've completely broken down some of these barriers that we naturally build up at work around, you know, an image or a perception of who you are. And when you have children barging into phone calls or different things happening, people really can't put up as much of that you know, image or perception as they did in the past. Like we're really being, we're really having to face like every aspect of our lives now and put that front and center in our work. And I think that's good because I think that, you know, that's actually what people want. People want to be able to be able to express all facets of their life at their work. And actually that's when you're going to get the most out of people And so, and now having your leaders do that, maybe some of them involuntarily, you know, Mm -hmm. I think is a a great way to actually encourage people to do that because they're actually seeing that behavior modeled, right? And so I think that's one of the things that I hope, you know, a sort of stronger work-life integration um, and sort of authenticity around it that I hope stays. Oh, I love, I love just in general terms what you shared. And I also love how you tied it back to something very real and tangible that may stick with us. You're right. We're these, we're breaking down these walls just inadvertently, and hopefully we can use that as a metaphor and as a way to be more human and see our, more of our, ourselves and bring ourselves to work. So, look, I just want to thank you um, both just from the friendship and partnership I've had with you. I remember the first time I met you at the Geek Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really appreciate you. I appreciate um, 
what you bring. I appreciate, or at least what I project, the kind of leader and CEO that you are. Um, I also appreciate you don't have to own this because you're just showing up how you are, but just I think you're also a strong model for uh, a female CEO um, building a really solid company. And I just, I'm really happy we, we met in the first place. I've enjoyed all of our interactions and I, I'm just wanted to say that. I don't know if I told you that, so I'm telling you now, first time on our podcast. But uh, thank, <laughs> thank you um, for, for who you are and what you stand for in the world and the company that you're building. Um, and I know that I'm a, a fan and uh, a supporter and anything I can do to support you, I'm, I'm here for that. So, Greg, it has been such a pleasure. You know, I love that all of these different events have actually brought different people in my life closer in different ways. And I think that's one of the things that, like you said, it's the last part of the cry laugh. And so um, I've really enjoyed just all of our conversations as well. And so excited that you wanted me to be here to sort of share our thoughts. Awesome. Thank you again. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.